0: Today on Blue 58, 2020 wouldn't let the Packers go without one last piece of miserable news. David Bakhtiari is done for the year as the Packers prepare for their playoff run. So how do the Packers replace their starting left tackle? Unfortunately, they probably can't. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of Powersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. Latest news, notwithstanding... Normally, this would be a preview episode, and we've got a pretty well-established format for how we do those kind of shows, but but there's a little bit else going on, and there's a couple other reasons that we may not want to do a podcast or a preview podcast that way. First and foremost, not a lot has changed since the Packers and Bears last played a little bit over a month ago. Secondly, it's clear what's at stake. The Packers win, they get the one seed, the Packers lose, and well, there are some other scenarios that we should take a look at there. Third, even with David Bakhtiari out, the Packers should win. The Bears can win, but the Packers should win. So given that there's been a lot going on with the Packers this week, given that there's a lot going on with the podcast this week, let's talk about some of that other stuff. We're going to talk about David Bakhtiari. We're going to talk about Damon Harrison. We're going to talk about playoff scenarios. We're going to talk about how things have changed for the Packers over the course of this year by looking back at some of our polling stuff. First and foremost, a couple housekeeping things I want to get out of the way. Not get out of the way, spend a couple seconds talking about. First, I've really enjoyed getting a wave of donation receipts from everybody who's donated to our campaign over the last week and a half or so. It's only been 10 days. And by the time you hear this podcast, the fundraiser is going to be over. I initially wrote our fundraiser in, this, in my notes for the show, but really, this is your fundraiser. It's become clear to me that I am merely a facilitator here, and there are a lot of generous people doing great work in the Packers community, and a lot of you are among them. As of this recording, we have totaled more than $2,500 in donations. And you should be incredibly proud of yourselves. This is beyond my wildest dreams. The initial goal, or I guess the initial threshold that I was trying to reach, I hoped we would reach, was $250. I said if we got to 250 then we would do the Jersey giveaway. We've cracked 10 times that. And so many of the donations have come with wonderful stories. Here's one that I got permission to share. Connor Cuppa made his donation in honor of his aunt, Patty. Here's what he said. I donated in honor of my late grandfather, who is a lifelong Packers fan, that has struggled that struggled with cognitive illness as he aged. His daughter, my aunt, Patty, has carried on his Packerdom, and it's a cornerstone of our very close relationship. I haven't been able to see her in person since the NFC Championship loss in January, but discussing the Packers and Blue 58 has kept us in constant contact in 2020. I'm gifting in honor of her to honor the memory of her father. There were a lot of stories like that. That one is, is extra special. But there were a lot of them that were all special in their own way. A lot of us have been touched by Alzheimer's. Um, A lot of us know people quite close to us who have been affected by us. And it's been cool to see this group of people, this community, come together and support people dealing with this disease. This is year five of this podcast, and this is probably the single coolest thing I've been a part of with this show. We've talked to NFL players. We've talked to other people in this community on this show. We've had huge download numbers at times. Years from now, when this show is a memory instead of something I'm actually doing, this is going to be one of the things I think of first, and it's because of you. So thank you for helping build this community. And this community... Just talking about the podcast for a second. It's been really awesome in 2020. I don't think it's much of an understatement to say that it hasn't been the year that we expected. It's been a disappointing year in a lot of ways. Packers-wise, it's been pretty darn good. But it really has not worked out in a lot of ways how we thought it was going to be. It hasn't been a great year. In a lot of different ways. But it's been super encouraging for me to be able to sit down and do this show a few times a week. And I I owe a lot of that to you. Every single month in 2020, we had more downloads than the same month in 2019. January 2020 was bigger than the year prior. Right on down through December. And that's all thanks to you. Thank you for telling your friends, thank you for sharing it with people, and thank you for listening to the 115 episodes we put out in 2020. It was a lot of work, but it's it's worth it, and I'm grateful to everybody who listened. So with that, let's talk about some of the stuff that's happening Packers-wise this week. The big story was going to be Damon Harrison. The Packers are going out for some snacks late here in the year, but... Late this afternoon, I guess early this evening, we got news that the Packers have lost David Bakhtiari to what appears to be a torn ACL. Devastating news. Real kick in the teeth here late in the season. First and foremost, because David Bakhtiari is a great player. Great is a word that gets thrown around a little bit too much. He is legitimately great. The consensus... Best left tackle in the league today. A great guy and a great story on top of it. And it affects the Packers on the field and off the field. On the field, they've got to figure out how to replace him. And they really can't. There is no replacing David Bakhtiari. This is all mitigation at this point. Off the field, a cornerstone in the locker room. A true leader. That's something you can't get back. That's something you you just have to hope you can you can figure out a way to kind of rally around everybody else. So what do the Packers do from here? I think there are three clear options, and I've written about this at acnepackingcompany.com. Head over there. There's going to be a lot of conversation about this over the next couple of days, and we're going to get a up-close-and-personal look at what the Packers do uh, to figure out their left tackle situation this weekend. First option. Move Rick Rick Wagner from right to left tackle, start Billy Turner at the right side, and then bump Lucas Patrick into the lineup at right guard. Mention this off the bat because this is what the Packers did the first time David Bakhtiari got hurt. They quickly responded by switching Wagner over to the right side, bumping Billy Turner from right guard to right tackle, and shifting Lucas Patrick in at right guard. This would not be my preferred alignment, but I think we've got to mention it just because it's what the Packers have done in the past. Secondly, and I think probably most likely, I think the Packers are going to take a long, hard look at starting Billy Turner at left tackle, sliding Lucas Patrick in at right guard, and then leaving Rick Wagner at right tackle. This is what the Packers did for the three full games that Bakhtiari was out, and it worked pretty well. They played the Texans, Vikings, and 49ers in that stretch, and Aaron Rodgers was only sacked twice, once each against the Vikings and 49ers. Now, to be fair, that's not exactly premier competition. The Texans' defense is not exactly a murderer's row. The 49ers are injured as they can possibly be. And the Vikings, while stout up front, did not have any premier edge rushers either. That said, doing this allows you to essentially leave the right side fairly intact, given how much time Lucas Patrick has spent over there, and it gives you pretty solid options at both ends of the line. You don't have it just a bunch of question marks on one side, as we'll see in a second, while leaving one side essentially alone. I think this is probably what you're going to to see the Packers do. But there is a third option that we, we can't leave off the table either, and that's starting Elton Jenkins at left tackle and Lucas Patrick at left guard. This is intriguing to me because I think it's pretty clear that Elton Jenkins is the best athlete on the line. He can play anywhere. Why not see what he can do? It could be that Jenkins is the tackle of the future on the right side, why not see if he can start at the left side as well? He started at tackle this season already. Give him another shot. This also leaves the right side of the line completely intact. From Corey Lindsley to Rick Wagner, everything is is in good shape. There are a couple additional considerations to make here. First, what do the think the Packers think of John Runyan as compared to Lucas Patrick. Runyon might just be better at guard than Patrick is. He's a bit lighter than Patrick, but he's taller, longer. And he might just be better. Lucas Patrick was playing hurt the last couple times he went out, but he did not play well, especially against the Eagles. And if the Packers are trying to see what they have in John Runyon, maybe now's the time. Whatever of these lineup combinations the Packers go with, maybe they put John Runyon in instead. What could complicate this entire thing is Rick Wagner. He is also hurt right now, and if he can't go, then things get really interesting. Then we start talking about maybe Simon Stepanek gets a look here at guard while they really try to shift things around. Because it's possible they could need to make changes at both guard or both tackle spots. So, if they have to start backup tackles at both sides, you probably are starting both Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner at tackle in some combination. Then you have to replace two guards. It gets complicated, doesn't it? You've got Lucas Patrick, sure. What do you do from there? Suddenly things get really thin, and you see why why backfilling on the offensive line becomes so important. This is going to be a sticky situation. I don't think it sinks the Packers, but it's surely not something you want to have to be figuring out right as the playoffs are starting. Let's talk about Damon Harrison. Packers claimed Damon Harrison on waivers yesterday. He was in Green Bay practicing today. Six foot three inches, 350 pounds, former All-Pro Kind of been flirting with the Packers for a while, dating back to when he had a visit scheduled earlier this season. He never ended up making that visit. He signed with the Seahawks, and he played six games there earlier this season. 138 snaps over those six games, but he was going to be inactive this past Sunday, and he said, you know what? I'm done in Seattle. Cut me. If you don't think I'm worth playing, they did. Now he's in Green Bay. Apparently played pretty well when he was in Seattle, too. Not good enough to start this past week, I guess, but... Uh, Pro Football Focus gave him a run grade of 81, run defense grade of 81 over the time he was in Seattle. Highest graded Packers run defender is Kenny Clark at 72. Don't expect much from this move, but there's pretty much no downside here either. Without looking at any stats at all, do you think the Packers can improve uh, with a move over the run defense of a guy like Tyler Lancaster? Probably, right? Dean Lowry? Probably about the same. Kingsley Kiki? Yeah, he's more of a pass rusher at this point, so I would say yes. What about Brian Price, the other defensive lineman on the roster right now? Yep. I think it's pretty clear that it's worth a gamble. The big question here is how much Harrison is going to play. And I think if you can get 15 to 20 snaps from him that allow Kenny Clark to move to different spots on the defensive line instead of playing just nose tackle, that's pretty much all you're going to need. Even if you could take Kenny Clark off the field for a couple snaps, in obvious run situations, just keep him a little bit fresher, that works too. And if the Packers want to play heavier fronts and bump Harrison up to the 20-25 to snap a game range, that also works too. No real downside here. If he's an upgrade over three of those four linemen that we mentioned, even two of those four, that's still probably worth keeping around. He doesn't have to play every single snap to make an impact, and I think he still is going to have an opportunity to make an impact on the Packers this season. Playoff scenarios. These are a couple of things you should be aware of as the Packers go into this weekend, and unfortunately, all of the relevant games are going to be happening at the exact same time, so it's not like the Packers or the, the Seahawks could lose or something. And uh, the Packers game suddenly becomes meaningless and they can decide at the last minute, hey, we're not going to start anybody worth playing in the playoffs. No. Uh, the Seahawks and the 40, er, and the, the Saints all play at the same time as the Packers. So, unfortunately, the Packers are going to have to ride this one out anyway. The simplest scenario you should be aware of is this. The Packers get the first round bye if they win over the Bears. And I think that is a pretty good possibility, even with David Bakhtiari out. That is something we should keep in mind. As good as he is, he's only one player. And as good as he is, he's not the most important player on the Packers roster. If Aaron Rodgers had torn his ACL in practice, we might be having a slightly different conversation. So Packers win on Sunday. They get the first round by without question. The Packers can also get the bye if Seattle loses or ties. And again, Seattle is playing the 49ers at the same time as the Packers play the Bears. Seattle ends up getting the first round bye if they win and the Packers lose and the Saints lose. They're the other player in this game here. The Saints will end up with the bye if they win and Seattle wins and the Packers lose. I don't exactly know how Seattle winning plays into the Saints still getting that spot, But that's what the the NFL says in their official tiebreaker protocol, so I'm just going to go with that. Should the Packers lose, it doesn't seem like they can go any lower than the two seed, which means that if they do lose, they'll get the lowest seeded non-division winner. Right now, that would be the Chicago Bears. If the Bears win and get into the playoffs, they'll end up playing the Packers at Lambeau Field next week which would be hilarious. And as much as we like to kick the Bears around, I don't know if I really want to play a divisional opponent for a third time in one season in the playoffs. That just seems, well, I'd just rather not do it. We didn't get a chance last couple weeks to talk about complete polling data because of when we had to record, so let's take a second and get caught up on how Packers' key figures are doing in the polls. Overall, people are feeling pretty good about the Packers, and it should be noted that our polling data concluded for this week before news of David Bakhtiari's injury broke, so that may be a consideration here, but some notable movement in the polls. Aaron Rodgers hasn't moved at all lately. He's been at a 100% approval rating for the last three weeks and hasn't been lower than 93.5 since week nine. Pretty darn good for Aaron Rodgers, the presumptive MVP frontrunner at this point, I would say. Also polling very well is Matt LaFleur at 100% approval rating this week. This is the third time this year he has hit 100%. Brian Gutekunst has his approval rating up to 85%. That is the highest it's been at any point this season. And it's the highest he's been since the final poll of last year. People were not a big fan of his offseason moves and uh, it shows, it showed in the early season polling. He debuted this season at fifty eight percent, but has slowly sort of climbed his way up the polls. And people are now feeling pretty good about mister Gudkunst. People are also changing their tune on the defense a little bit. The approval rating for the defense is at sixty six zero percent this week. That is the highest by far since week one and like a fifty percent jump over a week ago. And jumping right up with them, though not nearly as high, is Mike 23, or 20.3% of our voters approve of the job he is doing with the defense now after that big effort against the Titans last weekend. That is his second consecutive week that he's in double digits and the highest he's been since he was at 25.3% all the way back in week three. I'm very interested to see how people are feeling about the Packers uh, after this week. We will, we will see the playoffs are coming and, uh, and the Packers are are going there at least as a division winner. Now to close out this podcast and to end my final recording session of 2020, I want to leave you with the blooper roll that we rolled out earlier this year. I wanted to do this as kind of a lighthearted end to a long, difficult season It also seems like we could do with a little bit more of a laugh right now, given the news that we've gotten today as well. So enjoy a couple minutes of laughing at me. If you can't laugh at yourself, what can you do? In the meantime, take care of yourself, have a happy new year, and we'll meet back here after the Packers beat the Bears on Sunday. Sound good? Good. Thank you so much for listening to Blue 58 this year. Please Keep sharing this podcast with people you think would enjoy it. That's the biggest and best thing you can do to help us grow. In the meantime, it's going to help us all become smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Enjoy laughing at me a little bit. Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of the Powersweep.com. I'm, whoa. Dropping my microphone is what I'm doing. Some of those questions we'll take on today. Others will we'll wait a little bit. While. We'll, we'll, late, we'll wait a little bit. A strong 49ers team steamrolled the Packers, leaving us to come to... We saw the culmination of a lot of his work so far. So how he's... We saw the culmination of a lot of his work so far. So how he's... How has he... That's right. Up top, I introduced it correctly. We are doing... That doesn't make any sense. Hello and welcome to... Uh, the bad... At today on Blue58... <clears throat> the throat is very something today. Sitting in my basement, doing Packers takes to no one. Well, I mean to you. This is dumb. Let's do something else. Sweep.com. I am your hope. Hope. Who's hope? Game. That's how most teams um, play it. They have a lot of gay guys. They have a lot of guys. Oh boy.